You're listening to Broke. We bring you stories about what happens at the intersection of poverty and life. I'm Joanne Goldblum. I've spent my career working with people in poverty. I'm joined by my friend Colleen Shaddix, a journalist whose beat is social justice. Today is our special WTF edition. Joanne, you surprised me. This is a family podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. WTF stands for Whopping Trump Failures. Hmm. All the focus right now is on the impeachment trial, but it's important that people know about all the ways that the administration continues to harm people in poverty. Okay, well, we do try and keep this to a half hour, which is going to be a challenge. It's true, but we can do it. Um, Okay, so earlier this week, uh, the president was in Davos Mm. speaking to other hoity-toity folks Mm -hmm. and um, raised the possibility of cutting the social safety net, um, something he specifically said he wouldn't do in his 2016 campaign. You mean he didn't tell the truth? One might infer that. Okay. Um, okay. And he specifically mentioned Medicare, which which seems um, odd to me because that's a, a fairly popular program. I should add, though, that this isn't really new. Saying right. it out loud is new, yes. but um, his last budget proposal called for $1.9 trillion in cost savings from mandatory safety net programs like Medicaid and Medicare. Um, also call for $26 billion less on Social Security, the federal retirement program, um, and a $10 billion cut to Social Security disability insurance, which is really what helps the very poorest and um, most medically compromised Americans. And I think the, th- the reason that this is so important and also just so shocking is that We spend, as a country, so much money. And the only thing that this administration seems to want to do is give people with lots of money more money and people with no money less money. It seems as though that's actually their goal. Well, be fair. There's a lot of defense spending, too. He got his space force in the new budget. Sure. I feel so much safer, don't you? I I do. I really worry about asteroids and little green men. And, And right. It's not that these other things aren't important. And I guess that's the thing, is that why do we have to take money away from people's medical care or SSDI? I mean, that is so important and yeah yeah and i would add that ssdi has been harder and harder to get the bar to qualify for federal disability is is very very high there's lots of folks who need it who don't get it folks who do get it tend to wait for years to actually qualify so um you know these programs were not fat and happy no and what's interesting is so you know as a social worker i've helped lots of people do applications for SSDI Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's hard. I mean, the letter that you have to get is so specific. Yeah. And, and, And often, especially for people who live in poverty, finding someone, a doctor or a social worker, who can write this kind of letter that is really gonna work and has everything in the application done 
correctly, the way that the government wants. It's hard. And so, yes, it's, it, it is often people who have connections who are able to actually get it and not the people who need it the most. Yeah, you kind of need a lawyer to get SSDI. Right. I mean, reliably. Right. And, and, you know, there are legal aid lawyers. So that's what they do, mm-hmm. which is rather a waste, I think. Right. Um, it's, it's crazy. And and it's not just this, right? I mean, there are other crazy things that are happening, too, in our WTF. Yes, yes. So also, uh, actually, on the same day that the president made his little announcement on, about the social safety net, mm-hmm. a bunch of teacher organizations sued Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos for, mm. a, okay, let's be frank, evil thing that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, the Obama administration put in some really common sense protections against students being taken advantage of by for-profit schools that peddled certificate programs that didn't get anybody a job and saddled them with a lot of student debt. Right. So to qualify for federal student aid in these programs, they had to demonstrate that they provided, the term was gainful employment, Mm -hmm. that a high percentage of their graduates would actually get jobs after putting themselves in debt to get these education. Right. Um, and DeVos just did away with that. So basically you're saying that, w- that what, what she's saying is that any, any group or people or organization can call themselves a school, call themselves a, a college, and they can take federal money for that and they don't have to necessarily be providing those students with, with what they need. Right. So if uh, you could have Joanne's School of... Beauty. Beauty, yeah. right? Yeah. Which would make a lot of sense. Of course, I know um, it would. And you would say, well, when you get done, I'm you are going to have... Um, certification to do all these cosmetic procedures, right, right. and you can go get a job. Mm-hmm. It can turn out that 80% of your students don't get jobs when they graduate. And under the Obama rule, mm-hmm. then you were cut off from federal student aid okay. because what you were selling wasn't really any good to people. Right. And and kids were taking on student debt that they would right. live with and then not be able to pay, mm-hmm. right? right? So that requirement is now gone. You don't have to demonstrate that the programs you're offering students actually lead to employment. So that is so crazy. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to stutter for a minute now. Go and ahead. Like that, it's, it's crazy because what we do, and we do it over and over and over again, is we take the most vulnerable among us and really take advantage of them through what are considered to be legal means. Correct. So you've got someone who comes to my school of beauty, and when they leave, they they can't get a job, but they still owe all of the money that it costs to take those classes. And I got the money. That's correct. You've got the money, but they're obligated for the money. And there are for-profit companies that chase down students who are delinquent in their loans. And guess, guess who was a big shareholder in one of those companies before she became Secretary of Education? 
Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos, that oh, is correct. My. So interesting. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Huh. I got to think about that a little bit. So it's really, I mean, as you said, the, you know, the, the whole idea of taking money away from the people who have the least and giving it to the people who have the most, this is another example of that. It's, it's a little more cloaked, but that's exactly what it is. Well, it's so interesting. And it's something, you know, you and I have talked about a lot in terms of, you know, what happens when kids get out of college and the, you know, the difference between coming out of college with debt and coming out without debt. Mm -hmm. And it's another way in which we really have this incredibly stratified sort of situation. Because if you come out of school without debt, you have so many options. You mm -hmm. can, you know, work for, uh, you know, a nonprofit. You can do an internship. You can, you know, all sorts of things. Whereas if you come out with significant debt, you need to start working immediately somewhere that's going to pay you enough to pay your loans back. And, and so we really, you know, we say, well, isn't college the great equalizer? It's not. It's not. And, and to change people's view of that is close to impossible. Right. I mean, I think we're all raised with this idea. Well, go to school and study hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you and I have both done a lot of work on this. Mm -hmm. it, it's a lot easier for kids to go to school if they're living in a house where their basic needs are met. For sure. So it's that, but it's also, you know, even when you have, and, and I've seen this many times, where you have really strong students who come from situations where there isn't a lot of money, they're not... It, it, you know, they don't come out with the same opportunities. Right. So we don't really level the playing field. Really, they come out with all these, you know, sort of things stacked against them because they owe so much money. And even, you know, and, and recently there have been some changes, but so many schools, so many colleges offer, you know, they say it's a free ride. But even someplace that gives a student a scholarship for everything, very, very few schools pay for all the books, pay for the, you know, money to get home over vacation or somewhere to stay over vacation. You know, there are all of these ancillary costs that people just think, well, you know, somebody will take care of that. No, they don't. I mean, I've interviewed a number of students mm -hmm. who were, you know, excellent students right. who got scholarships to top universities who chose to go to smaller local right. universities because it just didn't seem practical to them mm -hmm. to to pay plane fare um they might have had responsibilities at home right there's just you know there's all sorts of hidden costs to college so um, many and at the very least, if, if an educational program is saying to you, hey, you graduate, you're going to get a job making $70,000 a year, mm -hmm. they should have to back up that somebody else has actually done that before you. Right, right, exactly. Not just, I think. I've heard that coming to my beauty school is really going right. to you know, help. And the other thing is that there's, there's a certain amount of... Um, well, okay, deception mm -hmm. um, to students like, well, you know, you're you're 
really not going to have to pay anything but $500 a semester because, you know, you can get all these government grants and loans. But of course, those have to be repaid. Exactly. And if you, you know, another area that always makes me sort of step back is, you know, yes, you get the money to pay for you to go through school. But say you have to drop a class, say you have to take some time off. Right. It, that again, it's one of these things where if you have, um, you know, some money in the bank or people who have money who can support you, that's okay. But if you don't, the debt just keeps on building. Right. right. It's really hard. And I think there were others, right? Other WTF. Uh, yes. So um, the other, the other big wow um, in the past week was the. This USDA. is only in a week. Yeah, these are things that have happened in the past week. The USDA proposed changes to the federal school nutrition program. Mm -hmm. Um, Happened to do it on Michelle Obama's birthday. I'm sure that's a coincidence. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, But under the Obama administration, you know, this was Michelle Obama's Mm -hmm. uh, big passion project was to do something about childhood obesity. There were a lot of changes made in the school nutrition program. more restrictions on fat, sodium, and carbs, introduction of more fruits and vegetables, and mm-hmm. whole grains. Mm-hmm. Those regulations are going away. Wait, do they have to, does that like have to be voted on by Congress or anything? No, it doesn't. Oh. It doesn't. It's an administrative regulation. Okay. Doesn't mean that Congress can't act. What could Congress do? Congress could make it a matter of law that there needed to be X servings of fruits and vegetables in every school lunch and that potatoes don't count. Um, Under the new USDA rules, potatoes would count. So French fries, conceivably potato chips, would count as a vegetable serving. So it's funny because I always, and and of course the great thing is if potato chips are the serving you know you're going to have more than one yes that's right children right. are children are eager to eat potato chips so some adults um, as well yeah yeah um you know the the criticism that the administration has launched against these regs is not entirely unfounded um they are a very high standard mm-hmm. that is hard for a lot of school districts to meet on the basically four dollar a meal budget that they're working with um, it can be difficult to introduce kids to new foods that they're not used to. So there, you know, there's some waste involved. But this is just a wholesale crazy well, well, and, veering away from any any kind of sound nutritional policy. Right. And so I guess, you know, you could say, yeah, they can't do it for the money they have. But again, we get to, so feeding students isn't a national priority. That is, to me, the WTF in here. Yeah, that is the WTF. Because, I mean, your kid and my kid, we can send them to school with a decent lunch. But for a lot of kids, school lunch, school breakfast, and and in some cases, school supper, that's where the good nutrition is coming from. It's it's an important part of providing uh, food security in this country. I, I guess it's funny because the fact that we still have these conversations, you know, like... With diaper banking, people say, well, you know, if the government starts to cover diapers, you won't need diaper banks anymore. And on one hand, I'd love to think that's true. Yeah. But I think about food, right? Mm. 
the government has all sorts of programs for food. Mm-hmm. There are still people who are hungry right. in America. There are still kids who get their only meals at school and families who receive SNAP benefits who still have to go to food banks. Mm-hmm. You know, and to think that the amount of research that there is that shows eating well, eating nutritionally sound meals helps people learn. Like that's not, it's not controversial. Nobody will say that it doesn't matter what you eat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's not a national priority. No, you know, fun fact. Yes, I love your fun facts. The way that we got the federal school lunch program Mm -hmm. was that many draftees were rejected in World War II because of their poor physical health. And it was determined that in many of those cases, the reason was childhood malnutrition. So generals went and testified before Congress and said, as a matter of national security, we have to make sure that children have decent food because if we don't, we're going to have a nation full of unhealthy adults. That's still true. Sure, it never stops being true. Wow. That is that is really really crazy, and and I guess you know, kids do like junk food more. I'm, lots of people like junk food more than they like healthy food, mm-hmm. but that's not a reason not to feed people healthy food. I mean, when you know, the number of times you've seen people in the supermarket with young kids having the conversation about. <coughs> I'm sorry, having Mm -hmm. the conversation about, oh, no, we're not going to get sugar cereal. Sure. Like, that is an endless parenting conversation. Well, actually, healthy school lunches Mm -hmm. help with that conversation. Okay. Right, because we know that children need to be exposed to a new food several times before they'll accept it. Right. Now, if you can afford to put broccoli on the table... And have the kid just push it around its, mm-hmm. his plate a few times. It, you're a step up. Mm-hmm. But if if your food budget is so tight, you can't do that. So one of the things that healthy school lunches are actually doing mm-hmm. is introducing kids in food insecure homes to healthy foods that their parents might not otherwise take a risk and buy. So you're saying providing healthy meals to students has even more positive effects than just, you know, the most basic, oh, we should feed kids. It does. It does. And we also know that food preferences Uh are formed very early in life. Uh So I bet you like a lot of things that your mom made when you were six years old, right? It's funny. Just this morning, I had a moment where I wished that I could have, that my mother made me farina. Mm-hmm. with butter and brown sugar. There you go. I mean, I could make it, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You like what your mom... So what if you developed some favorites mm-hmm. on your school menu yep. that involved a lot of fruits and vegetables that weren't as, as readily available at home? You know, if, if you're going to feed kids sloppy joes every day at school, then sloppy joes are going to be a childhood memory. That's exactly right. We do. We eat what we what we were given when we when we grow up. It, it's really, it's really. I guess with all of these different policies that you 
have talked about this morning is it's just so clear that our administration does not have a moral compass. Yeah. Particularly, I, 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 they're all terrible, yes, right? Yes, all. But the school lunch thing, I think, makes me the angriest because it does not save one cent in the federal budget right. to lower the nutritional requirements. It just says that the kids who are dependent upon school lunch for their nutrition don't matter. That's ex- Yes, and, and I think, honestly, so it's interesting, all of them are horrible. Yep. But, yeah, it, it's... The bar is so low. It's complicated to understand SSDI and Medicare and Medicaid. And and you can appreciate that some people would sort of say, okay, um, you know, cuts probably aren't good, but I I don't really know what it means. And maybe we need to save the money. Maybe our budget, you know, there there are all these things people could think about. And this lawsuit against Betsy DeVos, it's important. And if you really think about it, what they're talking about is horrible but again it's a little bit big it's a little Mm -hmm. you know but yeah school lunch like it should not be a conversation no it really shouldn't be food for kids yeah like what about that is controversial yeah and i mean if you don't love the obama era rules i understand that tweak them uh you know get some school nutrition directors together and come up with a better plan but that's not what this is or this is it's okay to feed kids crap so i would say that but also or budget at a reasonable rate right and then you could have the regulations and be creative with it right 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 i mean you're you're either way saying spending money on kids food is not a priority. That is and, what you are saying. Uh, I don't want to have to say that, Colleen. Yeah, well, neither do I. So what do we do? Okay, so, you know, you mentioned one thing already, um, calling calling your representative. Right. I mean, it, you know, impeachment is just dominating the mm-hmm. news, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we should literally take food away from children. Exactly. Um, Members of Congress can do two things at once. Mm-hmm. You can call your members of Congress and talk about all three of these things mm-hmm. or any one of these mm-hmm. things. They all have legislative fixes. Right. We, we still technically have three branches of government. Right. They can put the brakes on things. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you can do is, um, you know, so if you, for example, are somebody who uses Twitter, um, you know, there's a hashtag um that now I can't remember Talk about Snap. No, oh. um, it's going to take me one second. Why don't you give one other thing that people can do, and I'm going to find this. Okay, well, another thing that you can do is um, particularly look up stories about Medicare cuts mm-hmm. from reliable sources and send them to your friends who support the president. Because among among Trump supporters I know, keep your hands off my Medicare is a is a favorite refrain. Mm-hmm. And he he just said he doesn't intend to do that. Right. And the hashtag that I was thinking of, it just took me a minute, um, is hands off snap. Yeah. And if you 
use that hashtag or put that in your search in Twitter, you'll see a lot of really amazing information about what people all across the country are doing to maintain adequate SNAP benefits for people. SNAP, again, in case you forget, is um, what we used to call food stamps. And another thing that you can just do on a local level, Mm -hmm. call your superintendent, call your board of education. Mm -hmm. These new guidelines... It doesn't mean anybody has to follow them. They're guidelines. It's the minimum that schools could get away with. Mm -hmm. Schools can choose to do better. Right. And maybe there are people in your community who are working on this already. Certainly lots of communities across the country now have farmers markets that are sort of integrated into school lunches and things like that. And so you can learn about that in your own community. Yeah. You can learn about it at your PTA. You mm-hmm. can there's um, lots of ways to get it. You can active. talk about it at your PTA. Yeah. 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 You know. So I think one thing I guess that we always come back to is that something you can do is talk about this stuff. So when you hear, like Colleen said, you know, let your your Trump supporting relatives know about it, but but let anybody know about it because yeah. lots of us don't know about the regulations around us that really impact our lives and and impact the lives of of our um, community. Yeah, it's all flying under the radar right now. Totally, totally. That needs to stop, and you can stop that. Absolutely. So thank you for listening to Broke. If you have a story about how poverty is affecting your life, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at AmericanBroke at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 203-508-0879 and we may play it on a future episode. Pleasure as always, Joanne. Always, Colleen. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too.